just just for nostalgia purposes, you know. Right. My hold on to him. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. We, sh- we should have been recording that. <laughs> yeah, we should have been recording that. <laughs> for those who time. just, for those who just, well, we just started, I should say. Uh, and since we just started, DJ Pocket is on his way to 4,000 uh, pieces of vinyl that he is holding in collection. All right. Yeah. He has created my claim to fame. He has oh. created stay in your lane with H2O. Hartsfield yep. Jackson, Count Bass. Count Bass. Bass. Count Bass. I'm sorry. I'm my fault. I am so sorry. Count Bass D. So he good. Did, he, did activity. he did activity with Count Bass in 2010. Analog to digital in 2011. In the loop with Count Bass D, 2012. Back on the grid in 2013 with a guy I ain't familiar with. On my podcast yeah. today is the one and only DJ Pocket. Peace, brother. How you doing? Peace. I'm good, bro. Man, I ain't had an intro like that before probably ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Going down the catalog, I was like, man, I forgot some of those things we was, you know, we did a little while back, yeah. man. Just having fun, man. Appreciate y'all having me. Oh Definitely. man, this this is a treat for me, man. I uh, I love talking to other artists, underground artists, independent artists. This is some of the things that uh, make this worthwhile for me. And sitting here, being able to go over some history and 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 your love for for hip hop music and music in general is is it's a uh, it's a wonderful thing for me. So I appreciate you for for jumping on. No doubt, no doubt. <clears throat> man, six up in here, man. Got to build with yeah, him a couple times, man. Uh, Always, man. Always wanted to meet you in person, man. We still gonna have to connect one day, man. We, we I think we, we, I think we caught up on the uh, through walk and in yep. the chats and stuff on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Was, uh, Absolutely. I can, I, I can tell you, he was always a stand up brother, man. I'm a people person. I know people when I when I talk to them. And, uh, Word. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, we had some good conversation. <laughs> yeah, Walt, Walt, and I share the same birthday. You know okay. what I'm saying? Um, Met in Chattanooga. He uh helped he helped me produce my first beat that I recorded to uh at at his studio. I had already had the samples in place and he kind of helped me arrange it. He did it on his uh ASR 10 at the time. And um me and him have been locked in ever since. Gotcha. That's my that's my dude, man. Funny guy. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, man. But it's good meeting you too, bro. I went. He he talked about you so much before we actually, you know, what I'm saying, shared a conversation on on Facebook that I felt like I was I already knew you. You know what I'm saying? Because he yeah. always talked about you. So that was that was a, a dope experience, bro. I can say about what while we talk while we talking on Walt real quick. <clears throat> when I met him in college, he was one of the few people that I met that I felt like had the same love for hip hop that I did. Like it's really hard to meet people. Well, I've met a lot of people who love hip hop. I'm not saying it, but like the way that I go about it, like it's my life is based on that as well. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a big part of my life. Walt was the same way, and I hear that that's one of the reasons why we hit it off like we did. Because he, I mean, that dude loved loved the music. You know what I'm saying? He always. I feel the same way. I feel the same way, man. Been active in it from when we met to even to now. He's still active in it. It's a lot of people that fell off along the way. 
And um, that's that's one thing why I always salute that brother, man. Yeah, me and always just having a conversation about like just keeping that motivation and that drive. And I think like for me, because I'm still locked in, I still do it. It's one of them things where like, you know, life life throws things at you and it kind of like challenges you. You got your responsibilities. You got, you know, it's a number of things. Like my daughter just graduated graduated high school this year. So that was my, nice. my primary. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> and uh, that was my focus. But even in the midst of all that, like I'm I'm grinding out like five beats, probably if at minimum five beats a week. OK, you know what I'm saying. So I'm always like working and stuff like that. And that way, pen still go to the pad. You know what I'm saying? I might drop some vocals here and they're just trying out some new stuff. Me and O go over ideas. We got an album we should have been put out. But is it my ears? Not, I'm not liking what I'm hearing about some of it. And it's kind of like that's probably me being over uh, critical of what we capable of. Not you know really, because it's a, it's a couple of verses I need to go back and read. But yeah, that's it. But I'm I I never get too old for this, bro. And and <laughs> Walt kind of Walt kind of re reinforces that feeling I got about it. And the thing is, brothers like us, man, I'm sure we you know pretty much around the same age. We were born into this thing, man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, literally born into hip hop, and and it's just that that era and the generation, man, and it's in us, like. We learned so much from hip hop, and a lot of us probably learned more from hip hop than we did from school or from absolutely. You know, hip hop probably raised us, and well, I know hip hop raised me a great deal of me and who I am today. You know what I'm saying? Just from the messages that I learned and stuff like that. So, um, absolutely, and kept his arms of protection around me as well. You know what I'm saying? Kept me in the right places, away from harm, and you know that it did so much for us, man. That it's it's a part of me, it's ingrained in me. So I will always, I tell my wife this, I was like, you know, I will never stop. I'm always gonna have a studio and some turntables and some music. I don't care what, I don't care how old I am, I'm gonna do this. So you, right. you gotta accept this or, you know, walk away before we get too deep in this thing. This was years ago, she ain't going nowhere. But I'm always gonna have a studio. I'm always gonna make beats. And it's not no 50 years old, you too old to rap, or you too old to do this or do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I don't consider myself a rapper anyway, but right. even though I've rapped before, but I'm not going to stop. It's not going to stop. I got you. Question about that. Where do you think the ageism in hip hop comes from? Because we seem to be the only genre that does that in music. Like if you're 40 or 50 years old, you got to stop rapping. You got to stop making beats. You got to just get out the way. Um. I will say that on a like a commercial, more like mainstream level, <clears throat> it seems like hip hop was always tailored to the the younger generation. You know what I'm saying? The people who were getting signed and really um, launching and making it big in hip hop were younger, usually uh, in their teens or early twenties. I'm not saying that nobody was successful in their twenties, but like a lot of those people who are successful now were getting started at that age. You know, when they were younger, from the Four Righteous Teachers to the Biz Markie, rest in peace to, you know, the MC Shans and everybody. I mean, the Jay-Z's, even the Nas's, like they were all young when they got started. So they tend, they tend to deem this game a young man's game or young man's sport. You know, it's very few that came in at an old age and dominated. I don't even really know off top who was old and came in and just dominated, you know. I know, I mean, a couple of independent artists that were older when they really launched, but they've been doing it forever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? 
I just think that's yeah, where I'll... it comes from. But it, it, the other part is our culture. Like, you know, we get, we got some some things we need to work on in our culture too as a people. So I think that's yeah. just a big part of it. You know, um, everybody wanted to rap at some point, and then you know, so culture wise, as you got older, if you're still trying to do it, you're chasing the old dream. It's kind of like you know, basketball players. If you're young and you play basketball and, you, and you're nice with it, you're gonna get on at an early age. If you by the time you're getting out of college, if you're not nice with basketball, you pretty much give it up. So I think they take that same concept from sports and ath- from athletics and stuff. And, and put it with hip hop as well. It's the same type of concept. Right. <clears throat> That's what I believe. I just don't agree with it with hip hop. You can start at fifty and be just as nice if you want to. If you really, if it's really in you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because even at that age, you you might be a little fresher in it if you're just starting. You know, you might have a different take on everything. Right. And I'm just talking about skill set. I'm not talking yeah. about it. you know. I'm just talking about the skill set, the level of actually being able to do it and participate in it. You know. It's, I think that, like, because um, I've been doing it since I was probably 12, 13 years old, as far as, like, rapping. I've been making beats since I was maybe, like, 19, 20 years old. And I think, like, the time that I've been putting in made me better and sharpened me up so much that I was able to pour into younger artists, you know what I'm saying, kind of, like, give them the, the, the game that I was able to accrue over time. And mm-hmm. I... When, and with that being said, like I'm looking at like the artists that are, you know, late 30s, early 40s that have actually impacted the game in some measure, walking in the door like the the Griseldas, you know what I'm saying? They they middle aged men, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Ran- Ransom found yeah. his second wind on, you know, what I'm saying at this stage in his life, he actually found his lane. He got his niche. Uh, Rock Marcy, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it, it, these are niche artists. Right. But to know your lane and actually dominate in that that area is what it's about. You know what I'm saying? Right. Finding who your art- audience is. And I think like like O said, the ageism aspect is to me, it I agree with you. It's a it's a problematic thing that the industry kind of like reinforces because they want to make sure they, they have young, impressionable minds that they can actually pass these contracts out to who aren't going to scrutinize it as heavily because they're thirsty for the money. Right. Whereas you get a little bit older, you got something to lose. You got people that's dependent on you. You're going to look at these contracts with your lawyer, and you're going to go over these things, and you start making making demands of your own. Right. You know what I'm saying you have expectations too, and I I could imagine that this industry, because we're not unionized, we're not we're not backed by anything other than our own dreams. We kind of enter these these situations like, well, I just got to get it where I can. Right. You know, and they and they want they want that from us. And you know we older we we get we got the love of it still so it's not even about you know the Great. biggest payday but I would love to get paid more for what I do but I, that's not that's never stopped me from doing what I do right you know that's what I mean and I think it's I think it's also like you were saying that the industry right uh, you got your, you got the, the the people who control our music telling us that the younger generation the older generation needs to get out to make way for the younger generations and to keep them divided. You know, they have to keep the system in place where the, the older generations aren't teaching the younger generations. We push them out so we can focus on taking advantage of the younger generation. But that's my opinion as well. So that could be a big part. Cause I mean, <clears throat> the older generation of hip hop is the ones that carried a lot of the knowledge as in most other aspects of history as well. You know what yep. I'm saying? As time goes on, all of the history doesn't trickle down like it's supposed to. 
as, as a fault of the original. Well, I ain't gonna say a fault though, but it's just hard. To, it's hard to take all that history and pass it down generation after generation after generation. It's kind of hard. Um, it's, it's hard to also kind of like convince somebody who's seeing some measure of success that maybe they should view it a little differently. Once they've already seen something that you know that that satisfies that 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 need that they have. At that point, you just sound like you're hating. Yeah. You know? Karis once said one time, he was like, look, who am I to stop somebody from getting their bag? He said, I'm not fronting on nobody that's getting money. He just said, I have to get my money a certain way. I was ordained a certain way to, you know, for hip, as far as hip hop is concerned. I was I was here to teach. He said, I'm ordained to teach. And he's like, so Word. it's not about the bread. You know what I'm saying? But he said, who am I to get in anybody else's way that's getting to the bag? He said, that's the type of society we live in. It's a capitalist society and you need that bread. You know, so yep, absolutely. I think I remember seeing that, uh, or not seeing, but I heard that that interview. He's like, man, I'm not. That's not what he said. I'm. That's not what I'm going to do. He's like, right, I respect exactly. everybody trying to get their bread. But that's <laughs> not what I'm going to do. You know, there's yeah. a million ways to get it, but to teach to teach that doctrine of of killing and everything. He said, that's that's not what I'm here for. He said, like you said, I'm ordained. Yeah, I have a job to do, and I have to reach every last person I'm supposed to reach. So yeah, he, he, said, he said he said you got to be ordained to, to to do it like he does to want to teach and stuff. He it said is. you got to be ordained to do it. You just you're just not going to do it automatically. Like even like a brother like me with the level of knowledge that I have, yeah, I teach the youth and stuff on a smaller scale, but not on a grand scale like he's been doing it. You know what I'm saying? Putting it out there like that, like wise, right. like wise, intelligent, and some of the other brothers. You know what I'm saying? That's out there. So like it's it's a real undertaking. Just me being able to build with a wise, intelligent man. Like it's an undertaking. Like for you to dedicate your life to the betterment of your people, and, and that's on the forefront of everything you do. Like that's a different lifestyle to live. That's different. Yeah, yeah, different. Well, like, like, point. He, like like he said, is 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 certain ones of us who have that job. You have that job. I have that job. Six has has that job, and our job is to educate those who are coming behind us as well. Yeah. I to that. that point, uh, you mentioned wise intelligence. How did you guys uh, link up? So, <laughs> um, so back when uh, I was in Tennessee, in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, I went to Middle Tennessee State University. Um, me and my crew from Baltimore, I, I moved down to Tennessee with uh, one of my one of my homies named Tyreek from uh, Morgan State. We went to school for, for music. So um, I was still DJing at the time, and we did an African street festival where I was selling mixtapes, and I had um, a booth set up uh, at, at Tennessee State University, which was only like 30 minutes from the college I was going to. So we would, you know, go to the black college, go to Tennessee and, you know, hang out where the, the culture was, you know, popping a little bit more. So we go to Nashville a lot. So we were at Tennessee State University at the African Street Festival. I had a booth uh, set up and Culture Freedom from Poor Righteous Teachers came to our booth. We had the music playing and everything. You know, I had a speaker set up, you know, slanging these mixtapes just hand to hand. And Culture Freedom from Poor Righteous Teachers came to our booth. And, uh, you know, we, he chopped it up with us. He liked what we had going on. He liked the sound. Um, you know, I'm from Baltimore, they from Jersey. We just kind of connected. And um, one of my boys, uh, this guy named Donnell, he go by, he go by Stink. And I did some records with him too. Um, 
he had um you know built a relationship with him as well so uh culture freedom ended up bringing the three of us in the studio i was the dj for the for these guys um we had a group called band of the hand uh, back in tennessee and uh so cultivated that relationship with culture freedom over the years and then fast forward uh when i had moved to georgia uh wise was going to be in town and needed a place to record and I was still in touch with Culture Freedom. Culture Freedom is like a big brother, big mentor to me, um, really more in life than even in music. Like, I just always liked his his world perspective. And um, he always poured a lot into me, man. If I just needed to build, if my mind wasn't right, he was, you know, he was just that, that guru that I would go to and talk to, kind of like the pastor of the church for some people, you know what I'm saying? That's who I would go to and talk to him. And um, he hit me one day like, yo, why is I need a place to record? You're going to be in Atlanta. And I was like, bet, send him, you know, doesn't pull up. And that's kind of how it started. He wanted to record an album and, you know, he had to do some features and stuff like that. And um, <clears throat> just that we started like that, man. That's dope. It started just like that. That's, that's how really I remember. Dope. It was it wild start for like, you. Did it start for you wanting to DJ in the beginning or was it because I don't know, most people start out wanting to rap? Yeah, I started out as a DJ. Um, so back when I was in, Back, actually, I've always been in the music of some sort. Like even when I was in um, elementary school, I um, played like violin, cello, drums. Because I, you know, always experimenting with different instruments and stuff. So I was in the you know band early on, the Christmas band, orchestra band, that sort of thing. Growing up, I went to private school for like the first six years. So I did a lot there. Then I went to public school, and seventh grade was my first year of public school. And um, I was cutting school one day <laughs> and uh, my sister dedicated a song to me on the radio. Uh, my mama used to say, uh, what's the song I believe? Was that, yeah, mama Take your that, time, young yeah, man. Yeah. She, she dedicated that song to me on the radio. <laughs> she, she, she knew I was cutting school and I was in the, in the, in the crib. She's like, turn on the radio, turn on. I turned on the radio and, and I heard my name she, she, I heard her talk, and this when you could, they would record you, you could shout out somebody or whatever, and she's like, yeah, I want to shout out my little brother, my, my real name, Jeffrey. Remember little brother, Jeffrey? He home cutting school, yeah, whatever she said. <laughs> and they came on, the song came on. I was like, oh! And so the guy, uh, I forgot who the, um, I hate that I forget who the radio uh, DJ was at that time, but he said something about, you know, go to school or something, you know, and I was just like, oh, this is crazy. And I said, I want to do what he do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I could tell that he like made people feel a certain way. And that's when I started really honing in on the radio real heavy. Had my, um, started dubbing tapes and all of that, da, da, da. And um, I, eventually I asked my parents for some, for some turntables and they got them for me. <clears throat> you know? And that's what started. I started, I, I want to say within a year, I probably DJed my first house party. I started buying, I started every, every ounce of money I would get and I would go shovel snow in the winter in Baltimore. It's crazy snow. So you can make really good money shoveling snow. Hell yeah. Especially, I used to do that shit. I, yeah. I mean, like, especially in seventh grade, what's that? 12, 12, 13 year old, uh, making some money doing like, that's a lot of bread. Like I, that bought a lot of records in the oh, winter yeah. months and you know, so I just go do little odd things, man, that I could to bring, bring, make some bread. And then before I knew it, I had a record collection big enough. 
between the records and, and, the, and the stuff that I was recording off the radio, I could do a party. And I started doing house parties. And before I knew it, I was getting paid $25, $50, $100. Before I knew it, I was in high school doing the proms. And the, you know what I'm saying? It just kind of, I, I didn't do it as a business. The hustle. I, I just had, I, it wasn't even that. I just loved the DJ. It was okay. just, you know, I didn't even know I had a business, but I did. You know what I'm saying? And that's just how it all started for me. I started out yeah, you had the opportunity to do what you love doing. Yep. So no, and it so, kept me out in the streets. <clears throat> right. Who were your early influences in rap? Right. It freeze up. I guess so. Ladies and gentlemen, we gonna pause it right here because my man. All right. So before you got cut off, you were saying who your early, I was asking who was your early influences. Yeah, um, Run DMC. Uh, with the first record I brought was uh, was a Run DMC album, and uh, that was a lot of it had to do with Jam Master J. I was the DJ is what, you know, I was uh, kind of uh, excited to uh, excited to to watch because like they were performers when we when we were coming up. The DJ was a performer, you know, as yeah. well as, as well as the rappers. So. Um, I like the fact that they played the background. I like to play the background a little bit, but they still had their moment. You know what I'm saying? So I would try to imitate Jam Master J. So I say Run DMC was probably one of the biggest influences. Of course, um, you know, Eric B., Rakim. Um, uh, who else was out at that time? Those were the two main ones, but I, MC Sham, Molly Maul. Um, shout out to my big bro Sham, man. It's my dude, too. Um, those were the main ones that, you know, I could just think of right now. But, uh, you know, Poor Righteous Teachers came to a little bit later down the line. And Did you ever do any work with MC Shan? Yeah, we got uh, we got like two, one or two singles that we've done. Yeah. How'd that come about? Um, so um, it's crazy because uh, I was working when I, that's when I moved down here to Georgia. I was um, working for FedEx for a minute. And um, I was just delivering packages and I pulled up on, I always talk to people, every, especially if I see people on a regular basis, I'm going to talk to you. So I was talking to this one lady at one of the stops. I would always talk to her. And then one of them days when you know, this was kind of event, I'm like, man, I'm getting tired of this. I need to get back to my music. That's what I like to do. She's like, oh, you do music? I was like, yeah. She's like, you know, MC Shan? I was like, yeah. She's like, that's like my little brother. I'm like, for real? She's like, yeah. You know, she's like, give me a number. You know, when, next time we hanging out, I'll call you. And I was like, all right, gave him my number. Didn't think about it. So one day, about shoot, two or three weeks later, I'm just you know going about my, going about my business. I think I was actually about to go to the store for my wife, and she called me. She's like, "Yo, we at the park. Shane is here." He said, "Come through." I was like, "All right, bet." Called my wife like, "Yeah, I got to make a detour, but I'll be there." Went to the park. He was sitting up in a truck. I, you know, I just. Told him who I was and I like hip hop music, but you know, da da da. Producer, he's like, all right, bet. Come to find out, we lived right around the corner from each other. Jeez. Mm. So he was like, yo, holla at me. I told him I got the studio. Whoop de whoop. He hit me up. I was like, yo, I need to do some stuff, and that's kind of how it started. That's dope. Yeah, that's hard. I like that's that. Dope. Real good dude, man. Real good dude. I know people see him wilding, wilding on uh, IG a lot and stuff like that. Shane is a <laughs> good stand-up dude, man. And he gave me a lot of game. Shit, I got my biggest check in hip-hop because of Shane. 
Really? Word. Absolutely. Yeah. Explain absolutely. that. Explain that. What happened? Your details, please. Um, he 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 had a um, an artist. Somebody reached out to him. Had an artist that wanted to have a project produced, and they wanted him to perform as well on the on the project. You know what I'm saying? They wanted him as part of the project. So I put together a, um, like an eight song EP. I want to say it was. And, he flew them in and we recorded the songs and I produced everything. I mixed it, mastered it, and he did his features on a few, few songs and they paid me handsomely. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh congrats, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to MC Shan, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great dude, man. He's just a good dude, man. He ain't about to braise a good dude, man. Real good. Yeah. Bro. Give me a lot of good game, man. A lot of game. So from there, did yeah. it put you in contact with more people, or did you just continue to just grind? Um, yeah, I just kept grinding. I never really, I try not to ask people for anything. If something happens organically, you know, it happens. You know, Shan had an event here um, where everybody was there from Cool G Rap to the Grandmaster Cas, and you know, Shan got this party bus, so he like renovates buses. That's one of the things he does on the side. He's good with his hands, so he like builds buses and rebuilds cars and go-karts and all kinds of shit you know what i'm saying so he um had this event and told me to come through and i get on the bus with them and they chilling grandmaster Cas here and it was it was crazy man just all the you know pioneers were there man and um you know so i got to meet some of the brothers and chop it up a little bit but, it's dope how hip-hop brings worlds together you know what i'm saying yeah hip-hop is the common thread you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tell us about how you and Count linked up. Count Base D. Shout out to my man Count, man. Um, shoo. His, name is, his, his, his birth name is Dwight, correct? Dwight, correct. Yep. Yeah. I put that man yeah. business out there like that, man. Right, oh, he put it out there. He got an album. He puts it out there. Okay. An album called Dwight Around Your Lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got... That's my album, dog. <laughs> so, so when I moved, when I first moved to Tennessee, um, I had we, me and my man Tyreek. You know, we we like to party and shit. So we kind of had the party house. Like people was always just attracted to us and our crew. I think a lot had to do with the music, but just you know our personalities too. We was we always down to have a good time. So we was having a get together, and one of the. Uh, one of the sisters in our crew that was like, you know, sisters to us, nothing more than that. She brought a, she brought a man with her, you know, and it happened to be Count, you know what I'm saying? And um, to, to one of our events, to one of our parties, you know, me and him chopped it up, you know, found out he did music, I did music, and we just, I don't know, you know, my whole crew, me and, Ch me and Count kind of hit it off. He's kind of standoff, not standoffish, but he's kind of real reserved, real laid back, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like myself. I'd be in the cut and kind of watching what's going on before I really speak on anything. And um, we just, we kind of hit it off. And um, at the time he was actually leaving, leaving school and I was starting, but he wasn't leaving like cause of graduation or anything. He had a record deal. So um, he stayed in, he, you know, we stayed in touch with each other. Cause like I said, um, the lady that he was dealing with was a good friend of ours at the time. And, um, you know, we we just stayed in tune with each other, family events, that sort of thing. And eventually, one day he invited me to the studio while he was recording his first album. 
And uh, that was the first time anybody, I've been to studios before, but it's the first time I've ever been in a big, like a major facility where right. I mean, I've seen mixing boards. And, but I mean, this this was different. Like, so Nashville got this place called Music Row. They got like all the major labels from Sony to Warner. They all got their own studios there. You know what I'm saying? He was on Sony um, at the time and he brought me to the studio and it was just laid out. I mean, instruments everywhere, like whatever you wanted was there. And um, I would go to these sessions with him, man. And um, that's that's really where I first started really learning the business part of the game. You know what I'm saying? And understanding that I have to incorporate business in this as well. And I just seen a lot of the um, ups and downs that he had while I'm um, doing his project, man. And um, people not showing up and you know that sort of thing and he had to he ended up he ended up playing all the um instruments drums bass and keys on his album did everything himself for first album wow and it was it was incredible man and that's how he was able to make history make his mark in the game um, work yeah but that's how i met count <clears throat> have you guys man. collaborated lately on any music um the most recent thing we did <clears throat> I want to say the last thing we did together was the record with Snoop. Um, got a joint called Too Much Pressure. Um, yeah. Where um, I'm pretty sure that was the last one we collaborated on. But um, Count got hit up by Snoop. was like, yo, you know, let's work. And um, Count told me about it. It was, it was uh, I want to say a Super Bowl. Or it was a big football game. I'm pretty sure it was a Super Bowl. Some Super Bowl Sunday. I should know the year, but I don't remember exactly what year it was. And um, he's like, yo, I got hit up by Snoop on Facebook. And I was like, he's like, I was like, word? He was like, yeah, man. He said, he want to work. I'm like, he said, so send me all the stuff that me and you ever collaborated on. Like, because we did a lot of beats that never seen the light of day and mm. you know, that thing. And um, I was like, word. So I just started sending them. I mean, I was digging deep in the vaults and just finding the best stuff, tweaking shit. And for about... I want to say for about a good 12 hours straight since that phone call, I was just going through stuff, sending it. He was sending it, you know what I'm saying? And um, and then I came across this one video, this track that we was making. And uh, sent him the video. I was like, yo, remember this? Da, da, da. He ended up sending him the video. And he was like, yo, I want that track. He sent him the beat. And he sent Count back a verse, you know what I'm saying? And, we was just like, <laughs> she was crazy, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, man. He told Count to put a verse on it. They, that was history. Hey, you got a, you have a very <laughs> uh, strong history in the game, man. Like in terms of just the stories you just told us. Uh, what do you? How, I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase this because I know that. Uh, a couple projects we collaborated on together with Walt. Where do you, where do you see, for the like the next five years? Like, what, what are your plans in terms of music and and, and growth in in this business, considering how things are going in the streaming era? Um, so yeah, I've been trying to learn a little bit more on the business side of things, um, just to kind of keep up with the times, because I feel like. I've always I've always been able to keep up with the times, but I never was actually able to be ahead of the times per se. Because a right. lot of times we have been innovative in, in 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 some of the work and stuff that we've done, but we might not release it because we think it ain't was fitting right now. With you know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm really 
I'm really understanding that, you know, we are hip hop. We determine what's hot. We, you know, we dictate that. And I'm really right. just starting to live that out myself, to be honest with you. And um, for the next five years, I want to focus more on me. I've been doing a lot of stuff for everybody else for the past 20 plus years. And um, I really want to see what I can do. Like, I mean, I know what I can do production wise. I mean, I've wrote some rhymes and stuff like that, but I want to put a little bit more into me, pour a little bit more into myself because I've given a whole lot in this game. So um, as far as coming up soon, I got um, a couple of albums coming out with Wise Intelligent. Well, really one that I produced the majority of. Um, the next one I recorded, I didn't produce that, but he got two albums coming out. And one is going to be an NFT album. So we're going to release it as NFTs. So I'm trying okay. to do things kind of in that vein, um, trying to learn more about, you know, that, excuse me, the new way of doing things and how music might be in the future and try to tap into that. Um, Wise is real connected. Um, got a, a lot of cats that's really up on technology and stuff in his network. So I learned a lot from him. And um, sometimes I get a chance to be around some of those people. So I get to learn, you know, what I can and uh, pick their brain. And so in those type of situations, I just try to see what's coming next. And then um, when I'm in the studio, uh, I'm really I've been really trying to um, dive deeper into my drum machines and really like because like it'll get to a point to where I can make a dope beat and I'll just run with that. You know what I'm saying? It just keep banging out, keep banging out. But I've been diving right into the settings and the every little element of the drum machines and stuff and i've been i've been, I, just, I just recently like created some new shit to where that it's not i didn't create nothing new but i created a new way to kind of how can i explain i don't know if i want to say this um i just found that i don't want to give it away just yet but I, not online like this but i found okay. i discovered a way to take the vocals out of the samples without using like a nice how can I explain this without giving it away? I just, I just found out a new technique that I really I'm going to explore a little bit deeper. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Inside the NPC. Um, I got you. But that's what, what I'm doing. What, I'm diving deep into my drum machines and stuff and tapping into things that I didn't that I would normally mess with and functions and functionality of the machine instead of just doing the basic functions. I'm really getting a lot deeper into the technology part of it. And then I'm also um, getting deep into my vinyl. So like the records that I collect are different than what other people are collecting. I mean, I'm really deep in the vinyl collecting right now. I buy and right. sell records. <clears throat> so I've actually been revamping my whole collection. As I buy new records, I'll buy a collection from somebody, certain records I want to keep for myself. And then I'll get rid of some of the other stuff that I have. I've been trying to shift my collection to a different way of collecting as well. A lot of overseas records, um, a lot of gospel stuff. My gospel collection is bananas. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll be ready to put it up against anybody soon, boy. My my gospel <laughs> is insane, um, and I mean I really discovered that um, it's a lot of gospel music out there that if they didn't say Jesus, you wouldn't know it was gospel. I mean it's that yeah, like right. I got yeah. So I I've just been tapping into a lot of other different things, just trying to elevate myself and take things to another level and not be scared to go ahead and put it out there you know what i'm saying because it sounds different or it is i want to i want to be innovative and i found some artists that's willing to be innovative with me so that's really what i'm going to be trying to do for the next few years to speak on that on that gospel so hold your thoughts six to speak on that gospel on a gospel part there's mm -hmm. a song by john p key i think it's called promise me if you okay. didn't know it was john p key you wouldn't even know that that was a gospel record 
I don't need. I'm still. I'm still kind of questioning if it's actual gospel record. If he's talking to the love of his life, which might be his wife or his girlfriend. It's called Promise Me. Yeah, John P. Yeah. Key is super talented. Man. Super dope, man, and, and strong voice. A very strong voice. That's the thing about gospel too. Like, that's when you get that real. I, I, I always get in trouble when I start talking about gospel music because people think I'm trying to take away from other ass. But but you get that that real conviction in the singing like these people these the gospel the real gospel musicians like they stay they coming from here with it yeah. every time yeah and the ones that can really sing man they pouring their hearts out man yes, and that emotion, that emotion that they put across them records man is just unmatched it's Absolutely. unmatched man and what we're hearing especially what we're hearing nowadays in like r&b and you know whatever other types of music you might listen to Everything spawns from gospel at some point anyway. So you yeah, know, I was about to say that. It's unmatched, though, man. It's unmatched. Yeah. Uh, ahead, what, I'm about to share this song with him. Uh, what what's your your go to piece of hardware? Like, what's your favorite piece of hardware? MPC. Um, I started out with the MPC. Um, the first the first drum machine I ever had my hands on was the MPC three thousand. Shout out to my man Chris Kane in nashville um man i i've been blessed man to have some really good people around me man i've been it's just my life is weird man it's it's i've, I've had a great life man and i've been surrounded by some really good people man uh, my man chris kane he um saw something in me man I, I was making music on like a four track and a dj four second dj mixer and i was sending it from there to a four track and mixing three tracks down to one and then coming back and adding some more stuff and he was like yo this is how you making music i'm like yeah yo he was like all right he said i'm gonna i'm gonna put you down with something he showed up at my crib with an npc 3000 it was his he was like here i'm gonna show you a few things and then you can hold on to this for a minute mm. he said i'm gonna let you hold it for a couple of weeks i said all right he ended up letting me hold it for like a few months he didn't even he, i called him like yo you know he's like yo just go ahead do your thing i'll be sending him stuff and about three months he let me hold it and then I got a um, got a loan check from um, from school. It was January, yeah. whatever. Got a loan check, and I brought my first MPC. And that, that's that's, that's, that's what got me. I was out of there, and when after that, I stopped DJing. I stopped DJing at that point. Yeah, I ain't want to DJ no more. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cause I, I think my first piece of gear, <laughs> it wasn't even mine. My homeboy went to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Came back with an ASRX. Okay. And uh, That's the red joint, right? Yep, yep, yep. That's the pro. ASR, yep, the pro. He came okay. back with it. It had a Pentium chip in it, so it had a lot of processing power. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know anything about it, but I sat there in his living room just messing with it. First time I ever made any beats. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, you know what? Go ahead and take it home with you. And I sat with it for like two months, and I came back like 32 floppy digits full of beats that I, I didn't necessarily know whether or not they were keepable. Mm. And uh, we reco- we ended up recording my first album based on some of those beats. But the crazy part about it is because after I gave him his uh, ASR back, I found this music program on the PlayStation. I mean, I kept hearing right. about that, man. I know yeah, a few the, the MTV to generator. And I made a me and Walt recorded some songs to some of the beats that I made on the PlayStation. And uh, those were the beats that everybody 
started gravitating towards me over. They didn't know what I was making those beats on. Right. I took them to the studio and I just had them already like tracked out on, on CDs. And I would just pop the CD in and Block, Big Block, would just track them into his, uh, his soundboard. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what are you making these beats on? I said, I'll show you the next time I come to the studio. I came in the studio. I had a little small monitor screen hooked up to my PlayStation. And he was like, wait, what are you about to do? <laughs> <laughs> and from that day forward, we've been locked in on that, man. And he just, he put me on to using the MPCs. Block just like, you know what? If you're doing this with that. Right. Here. Here's this MPC. Try this. Yeah. And from that, I, I've been hooked on MPC ever since. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I had one of my good good friends, good friend of mine here in Atlanta not too long ago that, that came by my crib. We was chopping it up, and he swear by Serato Sample. And he was like, yo, yeah. they got the new update. This is a whoop-de-whoop. And I was like, all right. You know, I ain't. But he's not, he not an MPC guy. Right. So he was like, yo, it does this and it does that. And I was like, MPC do that. MPC do that. MPC do that. <laughs> and I'm trying to let him know, like, man, that MPC is a monster, man. People just don't yeah. know. And that hands-on opportunities with it especially now with like the live and uh and the x you know the npc x the npc lives yeah that's the new generation of them they don't they don't necessarily have the the sound fidelity of like the 3000 or the 2000 xls but just the just the the scope of things that you can do with these new npcs with the touch screens and it's like like we don't we took like 30 leaps into the future yeah in one generation I'm on the MPC X now myself. I tried to go back to like a 2000 or 2000 XL. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Just because I'm too far gone technology wise in my mind and being able to sync everything up with my plugins and stuff like that. I couldn't do it. It was just. Yeah. yeah. yeah same here. Same yeah, it here. It was fun, but I just couldn't. It's a, it couldn't do it. Yeah. It was a good time back when it was the standard, but now. <laughs> yeah. You know. But yeah, MPC is my go-to, but I also use Machine, and um, I just started uh, messing with Ableton. Um, Machine, okay. I used to do most of my stuff that's sample-free or royalty-free through Machine. Right. I have samples, but they're royalty-free, like the drum kits that come with it and stuff like that. They got sample yeah. packs. It's, I, I do most of the stuff with Machine that's sample-free, they're royalty-free. It just gives me a different sound. It's a lot cleaner, and um, I, I just I just like the workflow in it, so... Depending on what kind of vibe I'm in or mode I'm in, I'll go to one of either MPC, the machine, or Ableton. I started messing with Ableton lately too. That's dope. I ain't nice with Ableton yet, but I can make a beat in it. Yeah, I just copped a SP404 Mark II. Okay. I was like, you know what? I want to try something different. I want to kind of challenge myself. This is probably the most challenging piece of gear that I've purchased in years, mainly mm-hmm. because it takes me back to the the era where you didn't have so much to look at, so you right. got to use your ears, right. you know. But but the sound quality, you know, Roland makes some of the most robust sound instruments, you know, yeah. in the sampling game. So that's that's kind of why I went there with it. But that's yeah, right. I was just you know I was I wanted to ask you that question anyway because listening to the music that you've made over the years, like I always like the way your your drums sound. I like the way like you know. I, I know it sounds like you use some side chain compression. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I'm just, you know, I listen, I'm, I'm a student of the game, so I kind of like, I'm always digging into like what, what producers are doing and what, what I could probably be doing different. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Work. We can all learn from each other, man. That's, like I said, I've been blessed to have just some good folks around me and like a lot of musicians. My man Count has probably been the most, um, 
instrumental in my life as far as like learning and growth as far as a producer because he's a musician first right he plays instruments so his is so much different than just the average drum machine producer this is right did he ever did he ever influence you to pick up an instrument i started playing keys a little bit you know what i'm saying i I mean i'm not nice with it at all or nothing but i can i can i can come up with some things and melodies or a few chords and figure out you know what keys things in i can put some sprinkles in songs i got really nice with playing bass lines now so like i feel real comfortable um banging out a real nice dope bass line over a track I could find some basic chords, nothing too intricate, you know, one hand chords. When I got to start adding a second hand and doing a little extra, I might have to add a note here there and stack it on top of each other until I figure it out. Then I can play it once I figure it out. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning. That's one of the things that I wish I did a little bit more of earlier on because I've always been influenced by instruments and been around instruments, even growing up in the church, you know, in Baltimore. Um, I took drum lessons from the drummer in in Baltimore. You know, when I, I was real young, you know, but he's taught me some drum, basic drum stuff. And um, I just wish I would have stuck with it. Once I once I got into hip hop, though, it was a rap. Like <laughs> nothing else mattered to me. You know, so right. it was just turntables and records at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Top five producers. Who would uh, yours be? Mm. I hate these questions, man. <laughs> I gotta ask my brother. I gotta ask. I'm biased, man. That's okay. It's your list. Count Base D is one of them. Put him on it. Um, <clears throat> man. I'm gonna put MF Doom as one of them too. Mm. Dope, dope. Cause I, I I'm putting these people there. Like I said, I'm biased because I'm learn I learned from them. You know what I'm saying? I've seen them work and I know what they're capable of doing. Even though they, people might not have heard some of the other stuff that they've done. You know what I'm saying? Like I've learned techniques from these guys, so I, I'm biased in that man. But for what with, with cats want to hear, like producer wise, man. Um, so it's your you know, list, bro. It don't matter. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm, I'm just trying to. You know, uh, one of mine is Gloucester Williams. He's um, a gospel producer. Okay. I mean, he um, produced um, the New King James Version, King James Version. He got his own records. Um, Gloucester Williams, man, this dude is so dope. Oh man, um, he was he was blind, and uh, I mean, just y'all got to do some research on Gloucester Williams, man. Okay. This brother's so cold, man. Oh, man. Right. Um, so Gloucester Williams is one. Um, I'm gonna go to hip hop. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big Primo fan. I'm not, I'm not, I'm Primo. You know, what I'm saying I'm from the East Coast. Primo was a big influence on me. Just even want to um, put put beats together. Um, I like Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley's cold man. He's cold producer. I'm a Timberland fan. Oh man, um, I like so many producers, man. But those are some, you know, just a few that really stand out to me um who else who else? i'm missing i feel like i'm missing somebody that's like oh dj quick quick man one of my DJ favorite quick, man is one, one of my, my favorite producers that's like i was like i know i'm missing somebody you know i mean I, don't get me wrong i fuck with dre you know i just quick is a whole another beast to me man like 
and his, his scope is so wide. Yeah, his ear scope is wide too, man. From the R and B to the West Coast sound, and he and he's the tech head. He's a gearhead. I'm not saying Dre not and all that. I like Dre too, but these dudes for some reason I don't know tend to stand out a little bit more to me. And I think Quick play instruments too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know he brings a lot of people in too. I don't know what what he plays himself. I know he brings some musicians in too. Stuff. Yeah, stuff. I love it. I love when they be get hitting them funky licks in the music. Yeah, right? man. man. I love that shit, man. That's yeah. my favorite when he got them licks going off. In the, in the, I got uh, another that that run he had uh, with his squad uh, when he dropped way too funky, then second to none dropped, then penthouse players dropped, then uh, AMG dropped. It like that little window of time right there. The yeah. The, yeah. the the scope of production that mm-hmm. came out of that man. I was like. Dude, I was locked in. I you was the locked project, in. You heard the project Quick did with a problem recently? Like in uh, the past I heard, few years? I heard, I heard about it, but I never listened to mm. it. I never got a chance to listen to it. Yeah, you, you got to listen to that, bro. That's that's Word. a sleeper right there. Yeah. Yeah. I like, the one he had with, I like the one he had with Corrupt, too. That one was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Problem, nice. Corrupt. All right. Yeah, yep. DJ Quick and Problem, man. They got one. They got a joint with Game. Uh, what's the name of that song? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. But, man, they got a joint that's so cold, man. That album. Whew. I love Quick's production, man. He he is one bad motherfucker when it comes to producing. And yeah. a great engineer, too. Yeah, his sound. That's another thing. His sound, man. Uh, what's the name of it? Rosecrans. Boy, he got this joint called Rosecrans. DJ Quick and Problem, and it's featuring the Game. Boy, that, that joint go hard, man. Is Rose that the album that just came out a few months ago? This came out some years ago. Let's see when did when did this come out? Let's see when did this come out? Uh, let's see, show album. Twenty seventeen. Okay. Twenty seventeen. They got a song called Rosecrans. They got the game and um, a, a Candace Boyd, I believe, was her name. Sister. Man, I'm telling you, that song's so cold, man. Once I heard that, I made, made me go straight to the studio. <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a recommendation. That's yes, a recommendation. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. DJ Quick. Yeah, he wanted. Never met so Quick, but I love to. I love to be able to build with Quick. Definitely. Yeah, I would. I would like to just sit in on his sessions and just pick his brain. Yeah, man. You know. So quick, if you see this, man, holla at me. <laughs> or Where somebody you know work? quick y'all make that connection somebody gonna see it absolutely yeah. absolutely six, six degrees of separation bro everybody yeah. we know somebody who knows somebody yeah mm-hmm. yeah well what do you what do you think about jay dillard's production i love jay dillard's production okay jay dillard was super dope man um innovative i'm gonna tell you the one thing that I, that i that i didn't like and it wasn't jay dillard it's the fact that so many producers tried to imitate his sound, man. And I just I just hated that, man. I mean, it was once he came out and, you know, he had a short run, you know, because of his health, you know, issues and that sort of thing. But just I got tired of hearing those. I wanted to hear his sound, not everybody else trying to sound like him. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, Jay Dillard was that dude, man. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, he had a wide wide yeah. range of uh, music that he had done in that in that short period mm-hmm. of time. His drums was sick, man. He he, yeah. he, was, he really knew how to use utilize that MPC, man. He was an MPC user as well, and his drum program was just insane, man. 
He had to. He had to have. There's no. Red. There's no four bars in the stakes is high that are identical to another four bars. Each four bar section in stakes is high, and his drums are mm-hmm. all uniquely placed. I can believe that. Never, that's un, that's unheard of. That's unheard of in hip hop. You know, that's some meticulous uh, construction. Yeah, 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 it is. Because he would he wouldn't quantize. He wouldn't quantize. He would he would structure his beats and add swing here and there, but he would just he would freehand his beats. Yeah, and I mean yeah. that's I mean that's what gives it that live feel too, though. That gives it another you know musical element to it. Keeps it from sounding so. So choppy, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, so rigid. Yeah, so rigid. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's one of the dope things about the NPC, though. Is like you can, you can, you can take different sequence, different sequences, <clears throat> and have them not all locked in at 96 BPM. You can have it 96.235. You have 96. Yep. 95.678. You know, you can have it all. And it kind of gives it a nice little swing of flow to it as well. You know what I'm saying? It's, it just yep. depends how you use how you use it, how you use the tools in front of you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Dilla's Dilla's. Who are like the actually? I got five, a picture of Dilla. <laughs> who are like the top five uh, artists, hip hop or not, that you would like to work with? Mm. That I would like to work with. I would, I mean, I would love to work with like a Nas or Jay Z. I've remixed a lot of their music, and I think they sound really good over my tracks. Not just because of who they are, but like, I really think that I could make some real dope shit for them. Um, um, I don't know, man. Who else is out there that um, I would love to? I would, I, I would love to work with Griselda. I'm a big Conway fan. Um, like Benny, I like Wes. Um, I like all of them, you know, don't get me wrong, but I'm a big Conway fan. It's something about his presence when he when he when he raps and even when he performs, you know what I'm saying? He like commands a certain presence <clears throat> that I really like. So I would love to work with Griselda. Um who else out there? Um I'm a I would like to definitely work with Sky Zoo one day. That's actually one of my people's. I like to I like to do some work with him one day. Um, who else is out there, man? I don't know. This is those those are just those are a few right there. I can't. I don't really know right off the top who else, but some some of the, some, some of the some of the I, I really do want to work with some of the more mainstream artists right now because I'm trying to stretch myself a little bit more too do do stuff that's a little different that's a little bit outside of <clears throat> like Rick Ross I would I would love to work with Rick Ross the way that he the production that he chooses is real musical and very melodical uh, changes in it build ups you know like the Justice League production and stuff like that. he picks some great. Great records. Uh, the joint Bink did was that Santorini Greece was so hip hop, but like, yeah, just killed it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I would like to work with some of the more mainstream artists that I haven't really worked with yet, but um, you know, definitely some independent artists as well. Work that's dope, yeah. I, I, I can imagine Ross over some of your production, I could see that definitely. 
It just might not be as clean as he want right now. He had to just bring his engineers into something. <laughs> but yeah, I got a couple joints that I think he'll sound great on, man. Right. What do you see for the future of the game, though? Like, seeing how, like, I think that, because uh, I know the, uh, there was an article that came out saying that labels aren't prioritizing signing rappers and Right. And hip hop like that, any you know, for the time being, I guess they're, they're leaning more into Afro beat because I guess we're not, as a culture, we're not meeting the the mark financially for the, you know, for the overhead to be met. What do you, what do you see for the game in long term? Because I think like hip hop is always going to be around, but in terms of like actually having that same, that same influence, do you see us actually recapturing that magic? Um. When you say recapture, you make talking about like the older sound, or you mean, or just not even? I I don't I don't believe that the older sound is the key personally, but I do okay. believe that the, the 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 influence of our culture, you know, music, yeah. yeah. I think that um, there are a lot of people who are really connected to the culture still. Like take like a West Side Gun or a Griselda. Like I think they're very in tune with the culture of hip hop. They're getting right. bread too. Don't get me wrong. But I think that they're really, really in tune, and they're doing things more on an independent level. You know what I'm saying? Um, West Side Guns cur- curating a lot of things out there, from fashion to music. Um, and I think he's getting into film now <clears throat> with that uh, Adolf. You seen that Adolf? That uh, movie? Uh, I heard about it. I didn't see it yeah. yeah, it's yeah. kind of ill. But um, I think that as far as the new direction of of, of hip hop, that's going to be dope. Is is going to be. Um, Kind of like crew base, like Griselda, like they got their own print, they got their own way of doing things, they got their own sound. I think the crews that can do that and stick with a sound that's um, that's specific to them, that's one thing that's right. hard for me to do. But if they stick, they stick to a sound that's specific to them, the people know that they can come to them for this specific sound. I think that uh, that's what's going to be uh, big in the future to come, especially with. Um, Especially the way things going with streaming and all that. You know how we like CDs came in and it was like a big thing, and then like streaming came in, like something else is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be NFTs or what it's going to be that takeover, but there's going to be something else like that big. I think that's going to navigate and push us in a different direction. And I think those uh, artists right. that's coming in with business acumen as well as the the music and a, a good sound will be the ones that kind of start taking things in another direction. Work. I, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I think that in terms of like the industrial side of it, separate mm-hmm. from hip hop, I can see I can see why the labels are thinking what they're thinking. You know, it's all about the money. You know, they they yeah. invest in these artists. They want they want what they they want what they pay plus more. But right. in terms of like what we do in order to just stay consistent as a culture, I see what you're saying is actually being true as well. Like people want that boutique experience from their artists. Right. From their favorite artists, you know, like right. you go to T- you you go to TDE for a certain brand of hip hop, you right. know, you go to J Cole and Dreamville for a certain brand of hip hop, you right. know, you go to uh, Young Money for a certain brand of hip hop, absolutely, you know. So, and I think yeah. that um, once that actually gets, I guess, uh, a foundation under it and it's actually uh, ground down to like a fine uh, element that people can actually attach to. Then mm-hmm. people will start recognizing it as being an actual thing. Right now, it's kind of all over the place because so many people are trying to find out where they fit in. Mm-hmm. 
and you still got like a lot of artists that are still trying to be heard and you still got a lot of artists who just they automatically kind of like just they they, they they grab the the ears of the people so those things are always going to be there but in terms of like the consistency component for like the future of the game I, I can see like that that boutique experience being like the future of it yeah i believe nas is doing that now with mass appeal yeah he just got more bread you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's doing the he, same type of thing but for himself at this point with Mass Appeal and you know the people involved with, with that company and like yeah. you said the consistency is that's the key the consistency is the key you can just consistently yep. put out you know music if you can you don't have to you know work every day and deal with a whole bunch of other stuff you can just focus on your music and generate money off of that like that's always the way if you can consistently bang out music consistently 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 put out content it's really about content nowadays, not just the music. It's content. You know what I'm saying? If you yeah. can constantly put out content, you can win nowadays because somebody's going to like it. Word. Have you, That's absolutely true. Have you thought about creating or get, making your own AI artist? To, to... <laughs> nah. Nah? Okay. Nah, I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's for me. I, I I like to work with people too much. Like I like to be in the studio. I like to be able to coach the artists and okay. you know what I'm saying. That's, I, I like that. Like and I'm I, I think I'm pretty. I think that's one of my strengths. You know, yeah. Do that line again. Say it this way, dude. Like I like to I like hands to on. do the I like hands on. Like be able to walk through the process myself. And I don't I don't think I would want to sit in here and do like an AI album or something. I might would do it at some point just because or whatever. But right now. That's not even a thought. I, I definitely, and if I do that, did an AI album, I definitely wouldn't do it in the vein of like a Biggie voice or a Tupac voice or a Jay Z voice. Or it'll uh, be some random voice that people didn't even, you know, never heard before. You know what I'm saying? It'd yeah. have to be for me to go that far with it. I wouldn't want to do it with no other, nobody's voice, no other, no one else's likeness. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not with that. <clears throat> I'll do a remix now, but I'm not going to make no fake shit. You know, I'm not. I, I hear that. I think that's kind of disrespectful, actually. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever tune in with the uh, Baltimore artists and, and, and check out the scene there? Not like I should. But, I mean, I hear about, um, you know, the cast that's doing it big, you know, out of Baltimore. Okay. Like the J. Royales and them, you know, like this cast that's, that's doing it, you know. I mean, I check for them, but I'm not really tapped in and tuned. When I go back to Baltimore, I'm usually like checking family and then just really heading back out. Like Baltimore, just so wild, man. It's it's wild, man. Oh, and Jamil, honestly, I gotta shout him out, Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? Shout him out, shout him out, because I want to know about some artists out there that I should yeah, pay they, attention to. Those two brothers are doing it real big, and it's a lot of other artists too from Baltimore. But those two, you know, I check for them, and. um yeah, man, just, I'm being honest, like, the, 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 it's just, the culture still is so grimy in Baltimore, man. I just, I don't, I don't fuck around when I go home, man. <laughs> I just go home, check my family, and come back, you know? All right, I'm going to be 100. That's smart. That's how I am when I'm in and out of Chicago. I'm not like that in and out of Chicago. I'm seeing who I'm coming to see. Uh, I don't really, I don't linger and kick it in the scene and try to see what's hot, what's not. I just go yeah. see who I came to see. And stay out the way. I mean, I still got some folks that if they bring somebody to me, I, I'm not against it, but I'm not going to them. They got to, they're going, 
most likely come to me. I'm not going to their hood or whatever. Or, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not. <laughs> it's just me. They can come meet me in my hotel or something. You know what I'm saying? But we can meet somewhere, but I ain't. So, so Baltimore has that Chicago feel then? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to Chicago myself, but okay. it's Baltimore's grimy, man. And, I mean, it's grimy, man. You know, and I just, I'm too old for that shit, man. Yeah, you got a lot to live for, my guy. You got to stay out of the bullshit. Yeah, I just, and then, I mean, stuff can set people off real easy nowadays, man. You know, I ain't supposed to tote in Baltimore either, so that's another, you know, I try to take it easy. And I like to be in like places that uh, I can tote my shit legally. <clears throat> right. South yeah. got me spoiled. <laughs> yeah, right. it can do that to you. It can South do that to you. Yeah. You know what I'm but yeah, but but shout out to Baltimore though. Like you know, I still got people I fuck with in Baltimore. My man, my man Lil Clay. Yeah, I got family out there. Yeah, yeah. My man yeah. Lil Clayway. He was a um a big independent artist out of Baltimore. He down here now, and uh, he was in the lab a couple of days ago. Uh, he just laid a joint, uh, a sixteen for me. I'm about to put an album out with my man Eddie Meeks from the group Prophetics, and. Um, with Dochino now, it used to be Prophetics, and Dochino, John Doe, and uh, Eddie Meeks. They got a group called Dochino, but he about to, Eddie Meeks about to do a solo album, you know, mostly produced by me, and uh, we're trying to finish that up. So my man Clayway came and dropped 16 on that joint, so. That's dope. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Scarface? I'm a person who believes that Scarface is one of the best to ever do it, as far as being a top level MC, what what are your thoughts on Scarface? Scarface definitely top tier, without a doubt. Um, I like the fact that see, he was a well rounded artist to me. Like mm-hmm. he can come to the street level, but he gonna drop some knowledge on you. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the things I love. He got this song. Um, damn, it was on the soundtrack. I'm, I'm terrible remembering the names of songs, but he got this one song where he running the game down to the young boys. He's talking each verse. He like running the game down the the, the the drug game, the street game to the young boys, and he do it in such a way that it's just you can visualize it. Plus, it's got a video for it. Oh, what's the name of that song? Um, I can't think of it right off top, but it's just ill. But the way he tells his stories, uh, unmatched. You know, Scarface really really know how to how to uh, put a put a story down. Yeah, definitely very vivid. Very vivid. You can you can see it. The song is called Exit Plan. Oh, face is on DJ Michael Five Thousand Watts. Uh, it's got I think Akon on the hook or something too. But uh, the Exit Plan that ain't that. No, that's not that's not Akon on. But let's see who on here. But it's it's uh called the Exit Plan. It's not it's not Akon. But it's somebody singing on the hook. It's dope though. Check that song out. That's that's in my that's in my uh, playlist. But yeah, Scarface is super dope, man. I mean, he like I said, um, he always drops some knowledge, and that's what that's what I like artists that's going to give you different perspectives, and not just from the drugs drug from the street standpoint or from the you know hustling standpoint or whatever. I like because even hustlers go through real life shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They lose people, they lose family members, they got emotions and feelings and stuff too. You know, put some of that in some of them records, man. I like records yeah. that's heartfelt. You know, yeah, they, they 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 go buy clothes, they go shopping. 
Yeah. They like they like women too. They like to sit right. back and chill with their guys. They they do regular shit. Absolutely. So I like to hear I like to hear more songs like that. I miss I miss the the party songs like the certain songs like it's just a certain song that we were hear in the club that was just fun and like like a summertime for instance like there's no songs that feel like that anymore. You know what no. I'm saying? It's all even the club joints are street are more geared towards a street mentality or you know. I want to. I want to see cats just do some fun songs again, man. Like you know, we need Biz Markie back. You know, we need some artists that's just having fun. We need ODB. Yeah. We need those type of cats, man. They got just that personality and bringing that personality on the record. You know, work. Do you Everybody think that this is the now. most? Yeah. Do you think that this is the most dangerous era in hip hop that we've had so far? I mean, it's always been dangerous, though, man. I mean, when I was going to going to skating rings and stuff back in the day, they were shooting. You know what I'm saying? I went to the Fresh Festival in Baltimore. My first concert I ever went to, um, after my, my sister dedicated that song to me, maybe a few months after that, she took me to a concert. When LL came out the box and all that type of shit. So they started shooting out there. They was, you know, so, I mean, hip-hop's always been dangerous, man. It's because we've always had that street element in it. It's always been there. I mean, Coogee rap been streets. You know what I'm saying? That's back in the day. Like it's always had a street element. But it's my favorite rapper. But there was I could I could dig that. But there was a balance as well though. We had the yin and the yang going on. You know, the man figured out. You know, one side of that was starting to change the way that us as black people think. We're starting to recognize the gods that we are, and you know, we started kind of tilting the scales. You know what I'm saying? With the PRTs and the intelligent hoodlums and those brothers coming in and Pete, uh, uh, Public Enemy, KRS One, like really schooling us with some hard boom bat, but giving us that knowledge and we was learning how to move and stuff. He's like, uh, we need to tilt these scales a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're learning knowledge itself. Yeah. So I would say, I guess we can say it's a little more violent now because we're not hearing any. I don't think we. I don't think we're hearing any just quote unquote positive messages uh, or or, or, or uh, we don't have any leaders anymore really none of that is being shown to us you know I got people I look up to that I would yeah. just consider a leader in my life but they're not necessarily a leader for the masses you know what I'm saying but I'm I never seen this many rappers get gunned down uh, because of of the music or or them being able them wanting to ha- hang out or making What's very it? very bold statements on 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 camera on IG and all this stuff. Well, see what I think it is too is that the the artists that's being signed are coming from that element. All of them are yes. from that element. So from it. they're not leaving that element. That element's still there. Yeah. So the people that's whoever their um that ops are, you know, what I'm saying, at this point, they. They they this they have more incentive to try to target these dudes. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't know, man. It's it's crazy to me, man. It's it's crazy to me. It, but yeah, it's 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 bad now. It's really bad now. But I don't know if it's worse. It's always been bad though. I just think that it wasn't as many that were in a I guess a rap position. So I guess yeah, yeah I guess it is. Could be a little bit worse now. But the, yeah. that element, that that street element's always been there. I mean, you got to think about how many bodies, Supreme Team and cats like that, then racked up over. You know what I'm saying? Like it's always been there. 
I hear that, but I'm just saying from just from the rappers, not not the yeah. not the background, not the community, just for around the rappers. I think this has been the most dangerous time. Yeah, I could dig that. I could dig that. Now, now those dudes are the rappers, though. I guess is what I'm saying. Those yeah, dudes are the absolutely. rappers now. So that's why I'm saying that they saw a way to kind of get out of that or to wash some of that money. So that's why I said the element has always been there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because and they, a lot of them was feeding the rappers. You know what I'm Correct. saying? They were. They were. They were. Right, they so sponsors. They was a sponsors to right. The so that element. That's why I said. That's why I can't really separate the two because that element's always been there. Gotcha. Right. And it's now the goon. Now the goons are actually rapping it, and they, they exactly not just exactly. rapping. They active. You know exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. Do you think that hip hop will ever make another another surge on the radio or? It, will everybody be going on to like internet radio or podcasts and things like that? It seems I like think, it's starting to drop off into like just sections of podcasts and things. Yeah, I think that I think that as technology advances and stuff, and as just even as time goes on, people are finding other ways to get their music. Because I can't tell you the last time I listened to the radio. Like literally, excuse me, I might throw on a radio if I'm in a car with my pops or something or. You know, just, just something different. If, if the element's different, every now and then I might throw a radio just to see what's going on. But I rarely check for the radio. Like, I get my hip-hop from Southern Vanguard Radio every Sunday. They play mm-hmm. all exclusives, you know, and, I mean, they, I mean, they, their shit is jamming. They, I mean, the, the, the um, John Doe is a, a, a DJ. He's from the group Prophetic. Shout out John Doe, my man John Doe and Eddie Meeks. They host um, Southern Vanguard Radio. And, all they play is exclusives from independent artists. That's all they play is exclusives. So if it's already out, they won't play it. So these a lot of people have been funneling new music to them, and I just get to hear it all there. I mean, it, and it's some dope shit out there that people will never hear. Awesome. I mean, super. I mean, some awesome, great music, man. So that's 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 how I get my music nowadays. So I'm sure a lot of other people do the same thing, you know. And they they, they stream that on Twitch, so Twitch or whatever other. Um, platform you may use those other podcasts and stuff is where i think people will start getting more music from because you can you can tell your life to be however you want you can listen to it when you want to you know, you know what i'm saying so it's just a lot easier than having to tune into the radio the radio going to fade out at some point i believe yeah radio is a dying format yeah really they haven't, radio hasn't really been able to keep up with the streaming era in that way because people are finding their own playlist they find their own artists they find it you know exactly. And you can like if I want to put you on to some, I don't even got to like give you a cassette tape anymore. I can just send you a link, you know, and yeah. you'll get you'll you'll get put on to something quicker than radio will pick up on it. Radio yeah. is usually late; they pretty late to the party nowadays. So, and they only gonna give you one thing though; they one dimensional. Yeah, you can't even get a good R and B joint to ride to your lady with, and you know what I'm saying? They, I mean, if you got a woman, you know what I'm saying? Like. You can't even really find no good R and B to ride with your woman with. No, no you, you can't. And they don't. They don't go. They don't really play a lot of old school anyway. They go into like everything's got to be like the most current, whatever that is, right here, right now, which is right. okay. But if you think about like what the typical subject matter is nowadays, everything is so extreme. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 have diluted the R and B category, man. They they they. They Man. they torn that down. Like I don't hear I don't like he was saying, DJ Pocket was saying, I don't hear a lot of great R and B just out anywhere. I don't hear people singing songs. I don't hear people 
you know, growing up, you could hear people at, like in groups singing songs and right. and and being in, and in churches, like I, I whatever all that old classic shit that made us funnel to like rap uh, R and B groups or or a certain solo artist. I'm not hearing that no more. Like everything just sounds like it's it's patty cake. Like let's get right to it. Yeah, don't hear too much Joe to see boys to bend mm-hmm. baby face. None of that. They leave something to the imagination. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything yeah. else is like yo. Everything is literal. Let's get to it. Let's. You know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> everything is literal. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's the difference, man. Yeah, it sucks to see a- it like that. It sucks to see it like that, man. I wish. I wish there was more. Uh, more creative more creative artists out there that was doing something on the R&B and on the hip hop side. The thing is, the thing is they are doing it. Those artists are out there. Yeah, they are. They are. They're just not being put on a big platform. So the labels are the labels aren't interested in in creativity. They're interested in marketability. They want to be able to sell it. They want fast food. They want to push fast food. Well, they want to be able to sell it to a specific audience. That's not, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's an audience for all of this stuff, for everything. It's just about, Maximizing who has the money and who's gonna right? Well, if, if you're talking about the mainstream, but like from an indep- like I said, from an independent space, we can do it on our own. We just gotta have a team. It takes a team, yep. so like we can put out some more positive music. But who's gonna hear it if you don't know how to market it? So, so pocket gotta besides making the music, I gotta also find somebody to market it, and somebody gotta be able to market it damn good. I gotta be able to get enough content up to get my YouTube numbers up. To be able to do, like it's an, and you gotta be consistent with it for years, so the bubble from that level unless it's just one of those things that just happen to catch on you know what i'm yeah. saying a lot yeah, of times they say a lot of times we give up right when we're at the finish line like you can't see the finish line but you could be about to step across it and you give up you know what i'm saying a lot of times we do that right. as people because we have exhausted so many resources and stuff you know yeah become discouraged yeah become just discouraged or, or life catch up with you and you don't know how to navigate and keep doing what you're doing and still handle life you know what i'm saying work you know? A lot of things hit you with life, you know. We all go through that, you know. I've had my times, you know, but I never stopped music. Like, I mean, I might, I might have stopped for a month or two, but I've never, I've never said I'm not doing music no more ever. Right. <laughs> I never said I'm retire, none of that type of stuff. When I, when I'm not making good music, I know that there's something going on in my life that I need to fix. That's yeah. my gauge, and that that lets me know that my balance is off. That my work. My pH balance is off if I ain't if I ain't making good music. <laughs> hey. No, but yeah, I, but I appreciate you saying that. That's that's the realest shit. That's real. No, it's, no, it's real, man. Like when, when my mom's passed away a few a few years ago, like I went into a little zone. Like you know, I was my wife came to me one day. She's like, "Yo, you ain't been in the studio in like two months. Like, what's going on?" And I'm like, I snapped out of it. Like, I not immediately but it let me know like okay i gotta deal with something i thought right. i dealt with it but i ain't really deal with it so it made me dig deeper in myself and i reached out to a couple of folks and got my head right you know what i'm saying i'm back in the lab you know what i'm saying like if i'm not making music something's off in my life that's just something that i've learned about myself that's that's because that's one thing that's been constant since day one with me is music in some some shape form or fashion so if that's not there something's off that's one yeah, I can one hundred percent relate to that. It's like that. I come home, I get off work, I work twelve hour shifts. I come in, I get right to it, especially because I spend all 
12 hours doing something for somebody else serving their purpose Mm-hmm. The least I can do is get back to serving some of my own purpose. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? You know, it, it, on some measure, be it me mixing something down, uh, finishing up a track that I knew I should have probably finished up days ago. You know, my process is, it, it, you know, I got to be consistent, and I think that's a big thing. You know. Absolutely. Definitely got a couple of beats tonight. <laughs> All right, six. Any other questions you want to ask him? I don't want to hold him too much longer. No, nah, man. I appreciate this conversation, though. Pocket really dropped some gems. Yeah, man. Good, man. Whenever y'all want to do this again, we can build anytime, man. It's awesome. Awesome. This hip hop. Absolutely. It was dope having this conversation with you, Pocket, man. I'm glad That's we good. got to do this. Yeah, we had to, had to do it again and get Walt on here, man, so we can dig into that album me and Walt did, man. I forgot, man. That was we had such good times doing that, man. We had to get Walt on here with me, man. So we I saw he uh he posted yesterday that he got a, a got some projects that he needs to get ready to start putting out. He said he just been hanging in the background, mm-hmm. focusing on some stuff. Okay. And it resonated with me a bit. And, you know what I'm saying? I think we need to get back, you know, link back up, get back on the same page and, and start collaborating again. Yeah, like, that's dope, yeah. man. Yeah, what what one of them dudes, man, like, I never wanted to really rap or nothing like that, but he one of them dudes that could bring it out of me and have me, you know, actually write some shit, you know what I'm saying? And, like, kind of right. challenge me to... It's just another another aspect of hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he helped help bring that out of me, and I, you know, I forever thank him for that, man. Word. Definitely. Yes, sir. Well, with that said, we're going to end it here. Uh, Remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taken. I would like to thank DJ Pocket and Walt. Appreciate you guys for making this happen, man. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Peace. Yep. Stay up. Yes, sir. Definitely. We'll talk.